Hey guys, and welcome back to High and Dry. Today we're going to be doing a little catch up and talking about our sober transformations. It's been a while, it's so it's been a while, so let's dive right in. Let's catch up. So it's been a few months. Uh, Jamie, it was your thirtieth birthday. Yeah, we did an episode on the debacle yes. that was the cameras. Yeah, that was a little crazy, but yeah, I turned thirty, so I'm finally said goodbye to my twenties. It was a journey. Yeah. And here I am. And you've been sober for three years. I've been years. sober for three years. So there's a lot of feelings around all of that. Um, celebrated my 30th birthday. Big one. Absolutely. Uh, we, had, You know, in the last little episode, we did that, you know, t- talked about the hidden cameras in my Airbnb. Not yeah. ideal. You can check that out. Still no resolution on that. We need to hear back from the RCMP. But all that aside, it feels good to be entering my 30s sober. How are you feeling? You're turning 30 too. I'm turning 30 in August, you guys, and I will hit a three-year mark of being sober curious, and then I became fully sober. I don't even know when I kind of just quit. I think a year after that, I like fully- You said around your 27th birthday? Yeah, my 27th birthday, I got sober, but Uh then I like had like a couple, I dipped into alcohol. I started doing it with eight-week challenges, right? So I probably drank six times after that, four times maybe. Like drunk or just like a little- I got drunk like two times after that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But around three years. Yeah, three, that's my, like, for me, that's kind of my date because that's when, like, I changed my relationship with alcohol. So I'm feeling it's just, like, the more time that goes by, obviously, the easier it gets, Mm -hmm. you know? I know, yeah. Well, it's, like, no thought about it kind of thing. Yeah. Do you feel a significance around – I know some people are, like, I'm 40 days, I'm 50 days. Do you feel a significance around it as a totally alcohol-free person? Around the first year, before the first year, you're obviously like thinking in months. Yeah. So you're thinking more consciously about time. But then after a while, and especially when it's just like so deeply embedded in my life or just like it's completely gone, like yeah. that's over. So like I don't really think about it anymore. Like now I'm just like, yeah, it's three plus years or whatever. Yeah. Right? Like it's just kind of – it's obviously hard to compare to like maybe somebody who's an AA, right? Yeah. Because like they do think more – you know, day by day, day by day, yeah. one day at a time. They're counting that more. People, yeah. it's more of a conversation. Whereas this is just like a complete shift from one point to another. Mm. So no, but like I'm excited about it. Three years, I'm like, yeah, wow, that is a long time. Yeah, and it's a weird be time because it was like COVID and all that. So like it also doesn't feel like three years. That right? I feel that way too. Yeah, but it feels great. Um, turning thirty, yeah, like when I picture my third my 20s where I'm like what a shit show some good stuff some bad obviously but like I'm fine to close that chapter right me too you know everyone used to tell me too like all women tell you when you turn 30 it just gets so much better and your 30s are this it's the spring of a woman's life and all this stuff and now that it's approaching, I'm like, I feel fucking good. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, it feels like a lot of birthdays in my 20s. I was feeling like, oh my God, when I, I'm turning 23, mm-hmm. but I feel like I'm 18. What am I doing? And I felt so mm-hmm. lost for almost all of it. And then now I just don't. Yeah. I just have to I don't peace. know. I don't know if I've said this before in the podcast, but I say it to people when I talk about age and like the way that I view it. Like I remember when I was turning 25, still drinking. I was in Indonesia with my boyfriend at the time and the night before my 25th birthday had like an existential crisis. I was drinking at the time. So maybe that heightened some emotions, but I was freaking out being like, oh my God, I'm turning 25, like quarter century. I'm Mm -hmm. so old. Like, what am I doing? Like, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And like, was like crying almost. And then I snapped myself out of it and was like, you know what? Some people don't make it to 25. Mm -hmm. Like I am so blessed that I am able to turn 25 another year, another year of life and more life given. Like, 
what a privilege to be turning mm-hmm. another age. And I've, I've adopted that mentality ever since. Mm-hmm. And it was t- kind of weird at 28. You start, you feel this turn over from, you start to really see the end of your twenties coming. Yeah. So like there was a moment of being like, Oh my gosh. But even still, like, I'm like, whatever, like, yeah. especially when I'm like, I would never want to be the ages of the past. Right. Mm-mm. The thought of being 21 again and like shit faced and crying and don't know yourself and like all of crying that. Crying over boys. Yeah. Crying over boys that like you look at and you're like, I like it's sad that someone it's even sad cried that over the this person. 21 year old girls are crying over guys with mullets now because that's yeah. the trendy haircut. No, I know. My friend was telling me that yesterday. She like about a guy that she went on a date with and she's like, I just like to think that like she's like, sometimes I'll look at the picture and be like, there's a girl who's cried over this guy. Sometimes Tragic. I think that too. Yeah. Tragic. And us too, I guess. Oh, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so you went to Coachella sober. Yeah. And I think that that's a great thing to catch up I on. Mean, because again, though, I wasn't like sober because like I did some mushrooms and yeah, but not drinking. You were alcohol free. Alcohol free, which is like. Do you think you could have done it without mushrooms? Of course. Have, I can do anything without. Fun? For sure. Like, yeah. and to be honest, I barely, like I, the mushrooms didn't even really. It's such big crowds that you can't really get fucked up. No, I mean, and the be. mushrooms didn't really affect me anyway. It was like my chocolates, but, um, of course, like I go to concerts, like I can do anything sober, like, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it was certainly a different experience. I'd gone to Coachella nine years before. So when I was like 21, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, totally fucked up. Like, really? Yes. Like, I don't even, re- yes, don't remember a lot of it. Like, totally different person at the time. Um, And then to go again, like, as a 30-year-old and like in a totally different headspace and feeling like a different person was interesting to compare the two um no comparison but it was great it was so much fun i went with a big group of friends it was so much fun like blink 182 seeing them again and like they were right up front and like their first show in so many years that was sick and like you know the more like fisher chris lake like that was fun going to the after party um dancing with my friends like it was a good time i don't know if i'd go again because like been there done that like Mm. and i just whatever but it was fun it was a good time yeah and what about you while i was gone or no while I was gone at some point. You were gone in Edmonton. <laughs> we were all gone. Yeah. We were all gone and there's a raccoon having a baby oh on God. our patio right now. Yeah, not ideal. Uh, we- not ideal. Yeah, so this we're going to we'll put videos and stuff up of this between us right here or there somewhere of the crow of yeah, the, the crows popping off. Crows Listen, we love off. we love animals. We I love like animals. so much, but we Jamie's just don't a want vegan. them. She loves vegan. Animals I love so animals. Yeah. I used to like I'm an Albertan. I love them too. Yeah, but you your know? first instinct was shoot her up. I'm like, let's. No, I said that the Albertan yeah, in me yeah, yeah. wanted to shoot her, <laughs> and the Ontario in me wanted to freak out and call someone, yeah. and the Kits girl in me wanted to adopt her as my own. Yeah. And that we was love really hard Reba. for me. Like we've been watching Reba all day because she's a single mom who works too hard, who yeah. loves her kids, who she's never pregnant. stops. She's I definitely know. pregnant. I don't know. But uh, and so we had to chase her away uh, because got apple she, cider vinegar with, to like yeah. get her. If out she here. gives birth on the patio, That's not then good. she won't move until the kids can walk. And there's four cubs usually, and then we have to wait till the kids can walk. And then we 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 couldn't use our patio. And also their poop is toxic. We just don't need it. She was stepping on my life jacket. Yeah, she's but like, I, you, the feminist she scratches in up me, our paddleboards. The feminist in me hates. I know. I didn't like that, that look in her yeah, eyes. I hated like, it. And she was just, peacefully sleeping, yeah. and just giving birth. Almost and but that happened. Not ideal. It was crazy. So and yeah. Um. So as many of you guys know, I have pursued an acting career and I uh, booked my first movie. Ooh. Yeah, it's a Christmas movie. It's gonna oh, be yeah. a Hallmark. Christmas We're gonna get all movie. like jacked up. We're gonna be like, oh, oh my god. It. We're gonna be chimp yeah. empire. Okay. Also need to like yeah. we need to talk we're, about we're chimp big, empire. Yeah, we need to devote. Okay. First, let's talk about your movie and we'll get into chimp empire after for about an hour. We, um, we need an after dark episode on Chim oh, Vampire. We should God. do play by play Chim Vampire. Yeah. 
Ti. Yeah. Yeah. Can we do that where we show shows and we... Yeah, because it's like the copyright it, is legal. Is it? Yeah, the copyright's legal so as long we, as you're commentating. Okay, so, so let's we can just sit back and watch Love Chimp is blind. Empire. <laughs> Love is blind. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding yeah. me? We need a Love is Blind Chimp edition. We do. We definitely do. Um. So yeah, it was really good. The, you know, I think I'd experienced some big milestones sober. I hadn't experienced that one, obviously. Mm -hmm. I had booked some commercials and some comedy stuff. So it was your first before, movie? But this was my first movie. Exciting. And um, this was like probably my biggest acting gig that I've booked since. Took you back to your. Took me back to my hometown. Yeah. Yeah. And that was great. I'm so excited to rep Edmonton. I'm really excited for it to come out. And it was so cool. The first, like I've, I moved to Toronto to go to school and I've been acting there and then I moved to Vancouver and. Um, I've auditioned for so many different things and it's crazy because the first scene of the first movie, like the first movie I'd ever done, the first scene that we were shooting, mm -hmm. the first day that I was shooting was like four blocks away from my childhood That's so home. nice. Yeah. That's other crazy. stuff I had to yeah. drive in like the middle yeah. of nowhere for other yeah. shoot days. But, um, yeah, I got to be back with my parents. I mm -hmm. shot it, but it was interesting cause it was like such a big sober milestone for, for me sure. that it was kind of hard. Like I think one of the reasons that I had a drinking problem and I was, abusing alcohol was because I put a lot of pressure on myself with acting and I couldn't handle the pressure sometimes and so now handling the pressure sober it was a challenge like I was on zoom with my therapist a lot in Edmonton and I still have anxiety about my performance for sure when it comes out I'll be like nervous and well, that'll subside the more you do it the more you do anything. I, I think once I see it yeah. and also like and you're gonna the, probably just, be like, critical there's so but much like, movie magic that yeah. other people work so hard for to make it happen mm -hmm. and honestly it was just like the funnest experience we're gonna have ever. so much like fun watching it set was the funnest thing ever getting my makeup done and we'll just plug it when it comes fun. out oh my god we'll plug the shit out of it it's so it's so fun you guys it was like the we're best experience moment. ever thanks but yeah the the big milestones are hard and it was a new milestone a new mm -hmm. career milestone mm -hmm. and obviously I work a lot harder being sober and I can apply myself and the results paid off so it, it was really good but it was also mentally you put a lot of pressure on yourself and you, Did you have moments of wanting to the like temptation for drinking or think about how what alcohol might have done for you in a moment like this in the past yeah and it would have ruined the moment yeah. I would have sabotaged uh -huh. and I had this crazy inkling to sabotage and I was I was making myself laugh because I was trying mm -hmm. everything and I just like about drinking or just sabotage as sabotage of life yeah. like yeah. I was like oh it's going too well and yeah. I thought to myself and I talked all this out with my therapist but I was like I thought for a while that I was like gaining weight um, because things can't be going this well. And then I weigh myself. I weigh mm -hmm. the same. I'm working out. I'm mm -hmm. eating normal. Like I eat when I'm hungry. And then I thought, oh, well, you know, maybe I'll lose all my friends. And like all my friends mm -hmm. are supportive. Like I thought something had to go wrong mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. this was like a dream come true. Mm -hmm. And it felt so good. Yeah. And before when I had those overwhelming feelings of like, oh, my God, this is so incredible. I would drink yeah, to even cope with really good feelings true. and make it shitty. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So it was interesting. It was like a dream come true. Like I cried in my mom's car driving to set, and like just like I like I really didn't think I'd get a second chance at acting. I I really thought I had blown it, and I thought that I couldn't believe in myself anymore. And like I'm gonna cry, but like I did it. Yeah, hard work and oh yeah, like so I did it. But like yeah. I when even when I booked it, I was like I did it because yeah. I really didn't think it was gonna happen. No, anymore. your hard work and perseverance pays off yeah yeah so it was crazy but it was a lot a lot of pressure i put on myself but hopefully it'll be pretty fun yeah it'll be great you're gonna kill it thanks like we're all gonna love to see it we'll be posting it and cry. It's... <laughs> no no 
You're too pretty to cry. Guys, I don't want to fuck up my makeup. No. You killed it. We're like, proud. it's just been a really big day with a raccoon. Oh my god. Oh. Like, literally, we chased away a oh single mom from yeah, our patio. Yeah. I feel... She's oh. She'll be okay. Like, she could be in movies. Yeah. Uh-huh. And worse, we stopped her. <laughs> but, yeah, it was, like, it was really amazing. But for real, like, that's kind of what happened. And then I, I just, like... I don't want to sabotage anymore mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. it's it's a hard battle within yourself to be like oh, yeah. I want to oh it's going well let's fuck it up. Oh yeah. oh yeah. And that's always a voice and I think that you just have to be louder and then and, and, push, and, through it. and push through it and yeah. mental health help really helps and doing the work like I wanted to sabotage with everything I had but like mm-hmm. I did the work on the script every day I worked as hard as I fucking could to deliver the best performance that I could and like and some people would be like oh don't put that much pressure who cares it's just a christmas movie but to me it's like well that's my second chance like i did and i did tell myself if i didn't book something before my 30th birthday Mm -hmm. i had to give up Mm -hmm. so now i don't have to give up yeah no absolutely hard work and perseverance perseverance pays off and it shows and like yeah you just gotta keep going even this it's like with us doing this like there's always gonna be the voices in the back of the head or like oh you can't do it or you're gonna fail or the hater like but who cares like who cares the only way to get better at it is to keep going and keep at it like mm-hmm. just keep pushing yeah we got we come in here with our new set yeah like, and we're working so hard yeah. but that's the thing when you do when you do it's weird how you want to fuck up your own life sometimes mm-hmm. and i think that mm-hmm. we'll talk we about this natural inclination we'll talk to, about that stuff to, to sabotage like i guess in every way in relationships yeah, why with do yourself we do that? We're, we're messed up species. We really we are. We really are. Vampire <laughs> pork pie. Yeah. <laughs> pork pie. Pork pie sabotaged his own. Pork pie is a coward. Okay. And he deserved it. Before we get into... Because, okay. So we're caught up. <laughs> like, right? We're doing great. We're happy. We're thriving out here. Summer's coming in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. Life's when, good. Yeah. Life is freaking good. We're not drinking. No sign of a relapse. If there's a sign for you, we'll help you in another episode coming yeah. up on relapses. Yeah, we do. But chimp empire let's talk about it <laughs> like let's you if it. you've not watched chimp empire yeah you need to smarten the fuck up and put that shit on okay it's on netflix it's a four-part series james reed's the director he's the director right of uh of, octopus um, teacher octopus teacher uh, masterpiece won the best documentary at the oscars masterpiece masterpiece so they've been following this chimp dynasty since the 90s yeah. in ngogo in africa yeah. the jungle's there and there's western like, and gogo uh, central and gogo and there's two chimps so basically in 1992 there was a co- cohesive <laughs> okay. there was a cohesive dynasty of chimps and something there was a huge some inner turmoil yes. they split they split okay and the alpha brought them all well some some alphas went here some alphas, some went, alphas there. went there two separate crews yeah been following them to see the social hierarchies and yeah. the way that they yeah. operate now there's two though and it's like it's like game of thrones they're 96 percent same dna as yes. us and you see it you like see it. so like the westerners uh, are they have less alphas the central and go have way more alphas yeah but then there's a little takeover uh, yeah. you gotta watch the borders it. are all fruit trees where there's a bunch of natural resources and then yeah the westerners have this old woman a 65 year old champ 45 year old her 45 year old son is the alpha and gus the whole internet oh, is rooting in for in central but we're rooting because he's like it's fucked he's up a little that we knew something off. was wrong with gus there was something we knew he wasn't all right so when we first saw gus we were both like something's up with gus like gus might be <laughs> something a little, in the eyes like a little was like, gus is like he doesn't belong we off. knew it he was like he's a little slow or something yeah. and they were like gus he's is not an accepted outsider. he's not accepted how do we know? How did we know to isolate? <laughs> I know, I know, but you you have to watch it. It's become our whole personalities. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, t- we're telling everybody you got to watch this. I'm obsessed. And James Reed was just on Joe Rogan talking about yeah. the whole like, what a 
what an icon that what guy icon. is to do to dedicate your life to chimps how do we and, like, do, shout how out do we, to joe rogan for having all the same questions as and us. everyone in the comments is always like joe rogan's obsessed with chimps and then how could you not Chimp be? Empire how comes you out not and he's like i need this guy on the show he does all his own bookings <sighs> he was like i'm yes, getting you that's the guy to get on that's who i'd be getting on yeah. jane goodall all these people yeah. like of course he's obsessed of with course chimps said other people have like porn stars on like only fans people like who cares when there's yeah, people joe, who, joe rogan does who film chimps joe rogan's never had like joe rogan's never had a porn star on it no no need there's enough but the chimps but yeah please watch it please watch Let us know empire it's yeah, i'm sad it's over but hopefully they do Me more too. But anyway, that's what we've been up to. So that's what we've been up to. I did a movie. You went to Coachella. You've been spied on. You hit your three-year yeah. sobriety mark. Went home to Toronto. You went home to Toronto. Friends. Saw your family friends. Uh, just uh, been here. Been keeping here. at the podcast. Working our asses off. We want to help. Keep helping people. Keep inspiring. Mm-hmm. We're on TikTok now. So check us out. Same name. Get after it. Get after And with these catch up and all, you know, it's been three years. So there's been a significant transformation of like mind body spirit soul all of it since getting sober and we kind of want to talk about that because i think that's an important thing to put Mm -hmm. focus on yeah looking at sober i think that the transformation of sobriety is the coolest transformation Mm -hmm. because you do it without you kind of do it without consenting like it's life, not really the your focus life just yeah fixes itself like whatever whatever ways. reason you're you're looking you want to get sober for there's a specific transformation there but like you don't realize how it'll transform everything else too mm-hmm. and so it is really nice to see especially now it's been enough time mm-hmm. that we can like look back on and reflect the past and be like oh shit like we're so different yeah from what we were it so, is crazy. It's kind of jarring at times to get like I had to delete my Snapchat because I got I would always I had to delete my Snapchat a couple years ago because when I first got sober because the the daily memories were jarring to me mm. and I was like I don't need to be communicating yeah. with anyone on this and I think I was too drunk most of the time to even make stories and like oh, I, I, I wish I had more footage now and I've definitely deleted a lot really? of videos and like maybe I'm sure like my sister has some videos and people like especially when I was like so fucked up yeah like I remember them filming me just to like show me one day or like to oh have over me to be like you need to stop. you need to stop this is what's the reality what the reality is but on my own phone like in cloud like I deleted a lot yeah. which I, I wish I didn't so i kind of wish i didn't delete i, yeah. I kind of wish i had more too i still have some but a lot of it was like and we'll show we'll po- put some pictures and videos in here just to show you the transformation like we have videos yeah. on our instagrams and whatever and tiktok yeah. but it is a significant change it's so maybe you want to talk change. first like the physical transformation yeah let's talk about it so i lost a lot of weight when i first quit drinking mm-hmm. and the reason for that is because i actually learned I didn't feel like I was eating in that big a calorie deficit, Mm -hmm. but uh, I kept losing and losing and losing weight. And the big reason is because your liver processes toxins, obviously. And when you um, you overrun your liver with toxins, you're consuming too many, it stores in your fat, Mm -hmm. the toxins. Mm -hmm. So when you're drinking and you're in a calorie deficit, your liver tries to process, when you use those fat storages for energy, it tries to process if it's already overwhelmed with alcohol and you've had a salad and alcohol, but you're in calorie deficit, your liver tries to process um, clean fat. Mm -hmm. 
And that's how we have like problem areas mm -hmm. is because it's processing clean fat and you, but because it's overwhelmed, it's not going to, it's not going to process the toxic fat. So then you have toxic fat in your body. Mm -hmm. That's just, and it's not necessarily really bad, but it's storing toxins, which is like a safe place to store toxins is in your fat. So when you quit drinking and you give your liver like such a clean break, your body kind of cleanses itself and it burns the fat. It has time to burn the fat with the toxins in it. Mm -hmm. So I like, I changed my body composition so much and it was like at first a crazy shock and that's how I learned about this and Googled it and I was like, what is going on? Um, and then another aspect that I want to talk about is like drunkorexia because I would eat for a long time, I weighed more than I do now, like significantly. I weighed about 10 pounds more when than I drinking. do now when I was drinking. Okay. Yeah. Were um, you eating or were you like not eating but drinking? I was like eating two meals a day, uh -huh. like a lot, like sometimes like green juice and then I have like a pasta at work or whatever. Sometimes I was even eating like broccoli, salmon, rice every day, eggs, like really mm -hmm. healthy food. But um, I would make sure I wasn't eating too much so I wouldn't gain significant yeah, so weight drink drinking. Because yeah. I was drinking almost every day. Like, yeah. When I worked at laissez-faire, I was drinking tequila mm -hmm. every shift. Mm -hmm. I was drinking like six or seven shots. And yeah. even at King Taps, yeah. I was it's like, what is that? Like almost a thousand a calories? Wine. Yeah. yeah. So in order for me to not be overweight, I had mm -hmm. to be eating mm -hmm. 1,200 calories, 1,000 calories a day probably. Yeah. There were times I was doing that too, like or wouldn't eat so that I'd get more fucked up mm -hmm. which is crazy yeah. um or i was like eating really healthy and very conscious of what i'm putting in my body in that way but then poison myself with the alcohol mm -hmm. and a lot of the times then at 2 a.m have like a fat bastards burrito that's like 1400 calories in one sitting two straight to the dome and then straight to my fucking body like disgusting like absolutely disgusting after consuming fat bastard burritos crazy because there's noodles like that's they like ask 30, if you want noodles and in you, your burrito say, yeah, or there's nachos. no place where there's noodles no, belong in your no burrito fucking world is that like okay? somebody needs like, to truly, talk to them about that that is not okay but they don't care it's not like they're here for like health and wealth but that's about a 3,000 calorie night mm -hmm. right after the calories consumed mm -hmm. in the day um or there were even times when I was like younger where you're like <laughs> you'd be like or we'd be like yeah but like i threw up so yeah we, the calories didn't and you're like no 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 it doesn't work like that okay disgusting <laughs> truly um I, I remember that i was a little different though with i didn't lose weight when i initially stopped drinking yeah it, it was also a weird time because it was covid so i was in quarantine so it wasn't getting the same amount of exercise like was still doing home workouts like little yeah, hit routines those, but like, like weird youtube workouts yeah yeah, yeah. but like but also it's so was hard eating, on your knees those ones because uh -huh. like you jump up and down for 45 yeah. minutes and yeah. also was like eating it was just a weird time i was still maybe not eating the best and like yeah. and then even after even then like it was summer and was out and about like yeah maybe coped with my quitting drinking with food and substituted bit for food because like i'm higher up on the mm -hmm. side of being an addict and like also like had like a lot of eating issues like mm -hmm. growing up so coped with food which like that's totally fine i'd way rather take that obviously if it's not going to the extreme of like obesity and whatever but like i did cope with food to quit drinking mm -hmm. and helped for a bit so when i do look back at my like initial getting time of getting sober like i was still like puffy and like a little chunkier like mm -hmm. than now like now i'm like we've also been living with a fucking champion weightlifting crazy gym girl for a year 
Yeah, but and you like become like me. Yeah, but like I have to take <laughs> credit for. You became a gym addict. I have to take credit. No, but for the, you, you, yeah, yeah. Became... But even still, like I was working out in those times too. Like I was still going oh, really? to gym. Yeah, I was still. I would Were go you to resistance the, like, training like you are now? I was now, doing though? like I, I, yeah, I was doing body pump. I was doing like weighted li- workouts for like an hour. I was doing hit. I was doing a lot of cardio, but like. But you weren't late weightlifting like you have for the last year, were you? My bo- the body pump classes were like oh, it was really? weightlifting classes. Oh, yeah, I didn't know. It, but it was like mixed in with like hit. But it was weightlifting classes for an hour, so I'd mix those in with my hit routines um but yeah i still it's like i still wasn't as healthy and like still was like coping with food probably um but i'd still like i'd eat healthy but it's probably more fats or whatever it was but i wasn't as healthy as now and for sure living with you and us weight training and like just because we've been lifting weights yeah because i think i'm like a crazy like you're all you've always been fit but like well no but but i wasn't as fit as i was so good to get lean yeah and like I don't know. I try to think about what I was eating then, but I probably was still eating or like late night or just like having still not the best habits, but it still did help me quit alcohol, mm-hmm. which like do what you have to do. Right. Like if it, that's how I feel like I, like I was a stoner when I quit. Yeah. Oh, and now maybe that's why, because I was such I'm a stoner. Doing edible, yeah. I get, we got so high last week because we don't really use marijuana very much that we've mm-hmm. done that amount before that we did when we were watching Chip Vampire. We couldn't even finish what we had We couldn't stuff. watch Chip Vampire. Yeah. And it's crazy how you, <laughs> like your, um, what's that word? Like your susceptibility to whatever, mm-hmm. whatever goes down so mm-hmm. far. Well, yeah. And I forgot about that. The that potency. I did use weed to cope and to get over my mm-hmm. alcohol addiction, which like also like that was harm reduction and it totally worked and yeah, it helped me, me too. but i don't smoke weed now yeah. like even at the even in an earlier podcast i'd talk about doing it occasionally and like yeah. then i would but like now it's like very seldom yeah and like edible that's fine but like smoking weed like yeah, we seldom do occasional edibles but now we just get so high so yeah, yeah physical fitness great we're we are in way better shape now yeah. that's very yeah. obvious mm-hmm people ask me sky how do you get that body and i say i don't drink and then they say shut the fuck up i don't want to hear that and i'm like i know yeah i know so people don't like hearing that people don't like hearing that so why don't we talk about face differences yeah like the puffiness puffy face we had those oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah Puffy, puffy all over so it was the I was puffy eating all alcohol. over yeah it was, it was just our body was storing negatively and then all, our auras are just like so different right like our energy that mm-hmm. we keep and kind of like I just had a much darker aura around me like if that came with the anxiety and depression that I was constantly in yeah it's just such a sad state to be in like constantly crippled with anxiety and depression so like that around me and that didn't necessarily leave right after getting sober like we've previously discussed the relationships we entered and like there were still times regulating those emotions yeah in sobriety but that's i think the first year is a very that transformational period of going getting clean to where Mm -hmm. like it takes a bit of time it's not just like a quick fix it's not like give up drinking and then the next day you're like no i was like hyper emotional when i first Uh quit it Uh was like you know and then i was losing weight but i still didn't feel my best but i i felt some initial initial good things but I felt great after a few weeks in yeah, comparison yeah. to how I felt when I was for sure. Drinking. And like, had we, what it, the things that we'd gone through in that first year, the mm-hmm. people we dated, the bad people, whatever, had we been drinking while that oh. happened? Like God knows. Well, I dated the bad person like two years in. Did you? Okay. But like though it got worse. I should, I should have known. But it got worse. Okay. Well, <laughs> forgive yourself. You gotta forgive yourself. Yeah. So our faces but. were puffy as fuck. Our aura definitely transformed. Yeah. 
Uh, and then mental health, we just touched on it, but like I had debilitating panic attacks. Like when you were drinking, fucking crazy mm-hmm. panic attacks mm-hmm. that I've never really had since, even when bad mm-hmm. things have happened. Yeah. And like, I mean, I've I've had to do high high pressure auditions, high high pressure things, and I've never had a panic. I've I've been in toxic relationships, all of it, and I've never had panic attacks like that since. It's just like mm-hmm. I used to have. I I, I used to be so. I didn't know how bad I was mentally until I quit, mm-hmm. honestly. And yeah. so many people were experiencing it. You're extreme. like, that's not normal. I didn't know it wasn't yeah, normal. Yeah. I thought everyone was like this. And what's crazy is I felt so much shame about it. The craziest thing is I'd actually gone to a doctor when I was like 24, 25. And I was like, I went to my doctor and I was like, I, I just, I'm exhausted all the time and I can't get out of bed, but I know it's not depression. It's not depression. It's not depression. Mm-hmm. And that couldn't be me. I'm not like I'm not one of those mentally ill people blah 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 because I just couldn't fathom and I really a lot of it wasn't the stigma it's just that I didn't think I was worthy of taking up space mm-hmm. in it for mental illness I thought that because I was pretty and I was social and I was popular that that I didn't really have a right to be depressed or anxious mm-hmm. but that's like it's just a bad way of thinking and I used to think like that too where I'd be like I have no right like I'm I come from a good family I have privilege I have all these things there's people in the world dying but it's like that you can't invalidate your feelings Mm -hmm. and your place in this world because of it 100% you have to be softer on yourself but But I kind of thought that that. like I just didn't Mm -hmm. really have a right to feel a certain way and so I I would stop myself from feeling Mm -hmm. that way or just like I would still feel that way but I would stop myself from getting help Mm -hmm. and then my doctor was like well like you know we'll get you a physical and and maybe you have pneumonia or this or that she believed me when I said trust me it's not mental though like I just I'm happy as a clam and then it's like well you're having panic attacks like once a week sometimes it feels like a heart attack Mm -hmm. like you're staying up all night because you're so Mm -hmm. anxious and and like when I ask you why you can't really give me the reason Mm -hmm. um yeah my relationships were really up and down even with friends like it was just Mm -hmm. I was really really mentally not okay so quitting drinking completely changed me as a person that way Mm -hmm. it's crazy how much more stable I am and like we talk about it all the time like I'm a crier but back then I wasn't a public crier it's funny because it's like you're more in tune with your emotions that way and and I am too, but it's like my emotions used to be so unregulated where I would cry at the drop of a hat. I would be crying when I was drunk, like the bad spirits would be coming out and like the bad things would be coming out because of my drinking. Whereas now, like I don't cry often. Like I used to cry so much, not to say it's good or bad, I but in my case, like I'll tear up, but I used to have, I but used it's to never more cry in public. You're, you're more in tune. You're more yeah, in touch Like with I'll yourself. cry at a beautiful sunset or I'll cry at like my own growth or, or yeah. at, like I feel fucking guilty about that raccoon, but I won't mm. cry about that hopefully. Uh-huh. But I I used to cry never in public but in private I would have mm-hmm. like like in my panic attacks I would be up. I would be like mm-hmm. sobbing I would yeah. be sobbing uncontrollably yeah. and I was really really unregulated in odd ways but yeah. I put up a tough front yeah I was super unregulated but it was like in like outbursts of emotion and I couldn't like angry with myself and family and just overcome with emotion all the time like I didn't know how to regulate it my anxiety and depression was so bad and then obviously I would then drink to like fix it that, that that temporary fix and then it would just feed that cycle of feeling worse about myself and all of it and, like alcohol was always to my detriment um but since like even in the beginning of getting sober I did experience a lot of anxiety because of that person I was dating and I I felt the depths of it because I was sober and wasn't mm. able to you know 
hide from it run away from it temporarily with the alcohol so I really felt it but also because of that I would never allow myself to go through that again like I learned from that relationship that's and then I like interesting thing yeah it was like if I was drinking I would just keep entering these types of relationships yeah because it was the first one I experienced sober I was like why would I ever subject myself to this do you think if you had been drinking during that relationship you would have repeated that cycle yes because i think like i dated a narcissist in sobriety and Uh i think it's really interesting because when i look back i'm like i got my ass into therapy Mm -hmm. and i was like this can't ever happen again i have to i have to help myself Mm -hmm. not go through this again and then so seeing now if i've seen not because like that was a very specific situation but seeing signs early yes. in other people that i've dated or other yeah. situations, i'm like oh oh this raises a red flag i'm yeah, not gonna enter but this. if i had been I'm drinking i would have repeated it, it or i'd be with him right now i think you're right yeah so like despite having had that anxiety at that time i've learned through it it was in the first year of my sobriety and like would never repeat it and like can only or will only like take good from it and, like now have worked on myself and trying to like be better with you know how i date and how mm-hmm. i operate and just my place in this world mm-hmm. obviously my relationships and my family and like what i put them through is still makes me sad but i'm like i've grown like i'm an adult now i'm in, i take accountability for how i am and what that does for them and everything and like mm-hmm. my relationships are so much better with my mm-hmm. friends family everybody wouldn't trade it for the world um yeah and like it's just my mental health is like i couldn't even there's just so many things i could say and at the same time like just nothing it's just better it's better yeah the crate i think the the biggest transformation for me was just my mental stability and at first and also that like i did go to therapy and deal with some of the traumas of why i was drinking once i was sober for a while Mm -hmm. which really helped me too and now i I, like have like the gift of mental health is crazy because it's how you experience the world totally like your physical health you hurt some if your hip is sore it ruins your day every day mm-hmm. like if you yeah it was you always know, this underlying like yeah sting of just sadness yeah. or crippling anxiety or whatever crippling it was. anxiety sadness depression yeah. like yeah it was horrible and like i was high functioning but i was like i was wasn't okay mm-hmm. and i wish that i could go back and tell 25 year old me like you're not okay yeah you're not and yeah. and I do wish that I knew to take up space in that but way. We, you found your I way. did find yeah. it and I thank yeah. God. And, you yeah. know, I don't think I'd be funny if I wasn't depressed for years yeah. at a time. But. And then like lastly, <laughs> kind of ties into your like mental well-being, but your spiritual well-being, your spiritual state, your soul, like how that's changed. Yeah, that's crazy because like I'm no you out here. <laughs> but I... I'm definitely a lot more spiritual. I notice like my aura is better. People Mm -hmm. comment on my energy a lot now. They say I have such amazing energy. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like when you like being in your body and your soul's Mm -hmm. in your body and it's all encompassing, you, you, you see more beauty in the world. Like now Mm -hmm. I see a sunset and it's so beautiful. And I have, I also don't like being around darkness very much. Mm-hmm. And I, I like being in nature. I like animals. I like babies. I like children. I like good people. And I notice when I'm around like not so good people, my my instincts mm-hmm. are like way more heightened. And I used to be, I used to use alcohol to numb being yeah, around a yeah. lot of that shit. Now well, it's like a, ment- it's like a blocker. 
yeah. to this like higher self, higher yeah. consciousness, like alcohol, you know, and in some cultures, some religions, it's like, you know, they call it spirits, right? So it's like you, when you tap into this, it's like you bring out the bad spirits, mm-hmm. um, which I definitely so true. Felt. Like look at, I mean, domestic abuse statistically is, is mostly mostly alcohol yeah yeah i mean why people get so aggressive and bad things that happen yeah you say people say things they don't wouldn't say sober wouldn't even necessarily feel or think sober yeah it's like these demons come out and that's what was happening for me it was mostly like inner turmoil i was being more destructive with myself than other people but it was still affecting the people around Mm me um and yeah it's funny with the energy thing where i'm like people constantly like are always like comment on my energy now and like what that might do for them and how like how i make other people feel i don't think that was so much despite like i was always a nice person there was me kindness too and, and all people these say things. oh you're so much fun or yeah whatever, fun when I was drinking. Yeah. fun but like it wasn't the way that it is now and like the the presence that we have in this world now mm-hmm. and i think it is quite palpable and strong and it, with my spirituality took a much deeper dive since my sobriety and like mushrooms and psychedelics have also played a hand in that but me i think having that access to my actual sense of self higher self mm-hmm. my consciousness is because of like stop drinking like that is such a blocker and in so many religions like it's frowned upon and drinking like drinking is frowned upon yeah. in buddhism because it doesn't put it, it, it stops you from on that path and i really feel that like truly. i really feel that and like even think about my floating yeah like i go into a sensory deprivation chamber for fun for an hour and a half and float away Mm -hmm. and like i highly recommend it it's a thousand pounds of epsom salts in a Mm -hmm. chamber and it's the exact same they're in most cities sensory deprivation flotation tanks and the temperature is the exact same temperature as the inside of your body so you can't really tell where you start and the water ends and your brain your mind just can get to such incredible places um it's a form of meditation mindfulness. deep deep meditation yeah. and mindfulness yeah. and it's pitch black unless you want lights like you can, can kind of control mm-hmm. it they give you options but i like to go pitch black for an hour and a half and my mind it's crazy how i can just turn off yeah. and my mind alcohol can, disrupts that there's no like, way that i could be within my mm-hmm. own inside my own mind that long mm-hmm. with alcohol mm-hmm. like uh, well then we used it to sober, get out exactly to like some people drink to like have fun let loose but like i was drinking to escape i was drinking sure. to escape and i think a lot of people are or they're, they're not aware of it or they and are i love that feeling but... of escape from like my first sip yeah. really when yeah. i think about it i mm-hmm. always like to escape i never was doing it to enhance yeah i was always, always doing, doing it escape. to numb and, and it, to escape it lowers your vibrations right like 100%. we are constantly giving off these vibrations and what we the energy we put out and like yeah. alcohol brings that down it's a depressant right so yeah. it's like it's doing that whether you want mm-hmm. it to or not yeah it's so funny i was doing a depressant drug every day mm-hmm. wondering why i was depressed. yeah yeah i know it's crazy but it's like i started with anxiety and depression and then I used this depressant, depressant and it temporarily snaps you out of it for a second, maybe, yeah. but most of the time, no, I'm having some like, I'm so upset, crying, like yeah. blackout, like it was not good a lot of the time. No. So it's like, and then a crazy hangover yeah. and then the dealing with the relationships and all of that after. Um, but yeah, like it really took my soul to a bad place and being sober now really levels me out and like the clarity that I feel and the connectedness to myself and others and like the world and like life is just so glitchy since right like so much life is is so glitchy it's so glitchy life is like a movie but it's like I'm tapping in 
I think more. Yeah. And I have that ability more that I didn't have before. And like, if these are things that you want, like you can have these things. These and it's are just attainable. a calmness. Like for me, mm-hmm. it's just like a calmness that I have. Like I can like, like I said, I can go in a sensory deprivation mm-hmm. chamber and shut off mm-hmm. for an hour and a half. Like that's crazy that I, I'm yeah. able to go into my own mind. It's crazy. Like Cause I think I would try to like, do mindfulness and do all these things and meditation but it's like i was poisoning myself every, my all favorite the time. is when i was having an absolute mental breakdown like i was partying i was like i was really unhinged i was mm-hmm. not doing well and i'm really wasted one night in my condo in toronto and one of my girlfriends is is there's like a few of my girlfriends there and we'd gone out to like wildflower or something mm-hmm. We were back at my apartment and I'm crying. I'm like unhinged. I'm so not well. And like most of my friends never Mm -hmm. saw me this way. But I think whatever happened that night like made me that way. And she takes a book out of her bag. That's the untethered soul. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you should read this, read this, like trying to help me. And I just remember reading the untethered soul. And it's like at that point in my life, the untethered soul couldn't help me no, because I wasn't not. helping absolutely myself. Not. Like I was reading it and it was kind of like, okay, this makes me feel better in the moment because I mostly because I feel good. Like I'm reading a self-help book, mm-hmm. but I wasn't, I could not apply any of it yeah. to my own life yeah. because I, I was so sick. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes sense. It's like, you just, you have, you're not connected to yourself mm-hmm. when you're drinking like at all. Like, it's just not going to get you there. No. Um, especially like if you have problems with it and so many people, like I know there's so many people, if you're tuning in or people, you know, like how do you help them? Whatever. Like they, you, these things can be reached not to say like we're self-actualized by any means or like have reached the, our best selves. No, but, but we're like, definitely, definitely on our way. way. And like I would put a lot of work in. it's not been, it's not been a seamless road to recovery but it's it's been worth it like everything and like everything has just been so much so better. worth it like so much better everything has been so worth it like i feel like confident for the first time in my mm-hmm. life in the way that yeah. i have self-esteem i yeah, know that self-esteem. i'll show up for myself all of those things and the transformation is so mental and emotional proud of us killed it still going one day at a time but one day at a time. life is good i'm enjoying the ride me too so our 30s now that we're here I'm not there yet. I well, but you're on your it's your thirtieth year. It's it's gonna it's just so get better and better. It's so true, right? Like I'm excited. So many people are so sad about it. like it's like no, I do feel it. I do feel good. I do feel good. I think I, it's just like I want to have eight kids, so I have to start mm-hmm. right now. Do you want eight kids though? That's I would a have. Lot. I'm made to breed. That's a lot of kids. You know the farm genes I have in me. Yeah, get to work and then I know I have to. Yeah, I got, I'm like that raccoon. Oh my god! Should we check if she's outside? Honestly, yeah, we should check on her. Well, thanks we don't for even have to say in. bye because we did the thing in the beginning. Oh yeah, right. We said things. Yeah, right? so we can just cut like one of those yeah. funny things that yeah. we just said. Should we say something? Yeah. And I'm at him. Let's crack them. So today we're drinking sap sucker, the lemon one. This is the lime you're doing lemon i'm doing i'm doing lemon you're doing lime locally sourced from my home province ontario shout out to ontario yeah so this is a good non-alcoholic naturally sweetened we don't know sparkling yet you don't know i don't think i've had this before but i saw them and they enticed me so we decided that we are going to be trying sparkling mocktails at the end of each episode uh just different brands that 
we think could be sober friendly. Ooh. As sober girls, we do love our sparkling I like drinks. it. It's refreshing. It's like, super really light. refreshing. Yeah, it actually is. This one's really good. They're from, um, it's, they're naturally sweetened by maple sap in Ontario. Love that. I did some maple sapping when I went. It's from Flesherton, Ontario. Shout out to Flesherton. Mm. Real fleshy. Tastes fleshy. <laughs> you didn't have to go there. Mm. Yeah. I like it. Wow. I like it too. Yeah. It Shout looks kind of like a beer. Sucker. It looks a bit like a beer. It does. Easy to drink Easy at your social drink. gathering. All right. Well, thank you so much for watching today, you guys. Like, subscribe. Comment. Follow us on TikTok. Mm -hmm. Tell your friends. Tell all your friends. Whatever you have to do. Whatever you have to do. We love you so much. Thank you. Goodbye.